Welcome to episode 435 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team, welcome along to episode 435 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good, Bevan. We're back in the studios. Back in the studio. It's been a while. Been about a month, probably, isn't it? Probably is, actually. Mm. Probably before that. When actually, did you go I think I, uh, we, I think I left on the 28th. It's been exactly a month. <laughs> to the moment. <laughs> do you have a good trip? Good trip. Good po- times. Post, post, post race? Yeah. What did you guys do? We... Didn't party up large after the race. We just went to the prize giving and exactly went. the boys were talking about big game. And then the next morning, oh, we we came home. <laughs> yeah, came home and uh, went and went and saw our wives and hung out for a few days down at Marriott. That was all good. Was it pretty cool? Marriott was good. Yeah. It was good. Yep. I, I, I don't like about these new places. They all start charging now. All these different fees for left, right, and centre. It's not just them. It's all the other places oh, it as well. Hear. It's like just tell me what the bloody price is at the beginning. And I'll be happy. Do you know what? Do I tell you about Vegas? In yep, Vegas, you have to pay for the fridge. You have to pay to use your own fridge. Yeah. In your room. Crazy. You pay, and it was like 40 bucks a day. It wasn't like, you know, $2 for your fridge. 40 bucks. Just get rid of your bloody taxes. Just tell me what the goddamn price is. Did they keep on charging you? Were you getting a bit angry, were you? Oh, it wasn't just there. It was everywhere. I mean, you got a, a, a resort fee. And it's like, well, just, it's, just put it on the room rate. Yeah. I'm with you, John. I'm with you. Anyway, but Mary, it was good, and we one one. Did you have a big night with the girls? Uh, we just ate and drank too much every day. <laughs> consistent. <laughs> I was consistent. <laughs> one thing I've got to give a plug for is um, Tony Bahamas, which is down in I think Man- Manalani. Uh, it's above. Um, it's about they've got a Tony Bahamas is like a brand clothing shop. Yeah, but they've got a restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. We, we went there after the camp early in this, this year, and uh, great food. Did you go to Cheesecake Factory? Went to Cheesecake Factory. Where'd you go there? In Honolulu. On the way back, did you? Yeah. How long were you in Honolulu? Uh, we had sort of a day and a half. Oh, good times. What kind of cheesecake did you get? I don't know, whatever it was, I was looking at it, and it was the d- law of diminishing returns. Started out awesome, and by the end, Belinda was helping me out. I was like, I'm glad she's helped me out. That was a, <laughs> a big piece of cheesecake. <laughs> it's good it's quality, though. <laughs> Tell you what, I have to say, as much as you've got to give Americans a hard time because they're a bit overweight because of their food problems. You can see why. <laughs> they do make some good food. Yeah. <laughs> There's some good food happening in America. Our talk is proudly brought to you by... CoffeeZivawari.com. Oh, and you get that great coffee from America. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Galactic buffer. Okay, guys, so in this week's show, it's back to kind of traditional format and what we've got on this point. Still notes. got a pretty strong kind of theme running all... All the way through the show, though. Yep. So we're going to look at the back at the results, and, and probably after ten backwards, uh, we're going to have a few results coming through. We've got um, discussion of the week. We've got Kona bits and pieces, mm-hmm. uh, coach's corner, which is a bit more of an in-depth kind of review of your race. Yeah, because I've had a lot of people asking me what went wrong, what happened, whatever. So I thought if I can hit it all off did here, you, did you just say shut up? Yeah, listen, shut up your face. Listen to the next podcast. <laughs> and then we've got a few questions and answers in. So basically, John's going to have a cry. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll give him a hug. Yeah. Um, so first of all, we're going to have a look back at the world, world championships and probably not so much the top ten. Yeah, because we we obviously did a show 
the day after the race and it was all still pretty fresh then and hadn't had a chance to really digest all, all of the information um, but I just thought it'd be interesting to look you know who n- not trying to be negative but who didn't necessarily perform who we might <laughs> who's have, a loser who's a loser <laughs> who might have uh, we might have thought may have done a bit better and because and you know you will have heard about all the names and you will have thought ah what happened to so and so and what happened to that person so looking outside of the top 10 some of the results where you thought maybe people would have performed better oh my microphone's about to fall over on me um, so Craig Alexander he was down in 13th place yep. only around 258 so if he had put in a you know a good run for him yeah, maybe a 250, then yeah, he might have sneaked back into the top 10, which is kind of what we thought he might have done. Well, and interestingly, when I did that interview with him, which I'm sure you haven't had a chance to listen to, but... Um, no, I have, actually. I did listen to your post-race interviews. That's about the only thing I have listened to. Oh, he was saying, well, I haven't listened to it, but he was saying he was only really aiming for five, I think, you know, mm. going into the race. I think that was his thought. So, you know, tough day for him. He didn't, didn't have it. Funny, though, that he says, you know, they're just faster these days. These young kids are just faster. It's like, well, not actually really. going the same speed that you used to Yeah. <laughs> Just he, he, but he also acknowledged he just didn't have that kind of that last five percent, did he? Mm. So um, other names when I scanned through here, Ivan Rana, Ivan Rana. Yeah, a lot of people were picking him for the win, um, myself included. I thought he would be right up there in a real contention, and he did run a two forty four bike, two four fifty eight on the bike. So maybe something happened there on the bike. But he's, I tell you what, he's a he's a he's an interesting looking character. I'd never seen him before. Is that here? Yeah. So I, I started watching, uh, and again, I've got to give a plug to Iron Man here. You so you can actually now we'll still go and watch all the race day coverage. Oh, can you? So I've started doing a couple of bike rides, and I'm just going to work my th- way through all the coverage. And yeah, you see him coming out of the swim and getting onto the bike, and it did take him a couple of moments to get his helmet on. He had a special technique where he kind of held it back in one hand and then put his helmet on with the other hand. He's got a full head of hair. Because I'd never seen him before, and I had this image of kind of clean cut and all the rest of it and oh, he's no. far from it no uh, so other guys that you know um, we thought might have done well I had Marco Albert picked in my top 10 and he only finished in 19th just sort of had a, a steady all round day he's always a fast swimmer 51 439 on the bike 305 on the runs so he's only in 19th Tim Reed, who we caught up over there um, he blew out a bit on the run there only ran a 310 and had he run you know a sub 3 he probably would have been right up there the bloody Iron Man on the website here now. I'd love to give you guys their overall splits, but yeah, they, they've, they've got their their splits, but they haven't got their finish times. So I can't sort of say how far off um, Tim Reed would have been. Um, other couple of other ones of note: uh, Kyle Buckingham, and this is really interesting um, for you slow twitch listeners. You will have already seen this, but what they did: Kyle Buckingham was the first age grouper last year. He's a South African dude, and what they did is they put up his power file um, on Ironman Live um, from this year versus last year when he was an age grouper. So when he was an age grouper, you know, he was just powering through the field, and then he got to the front or, or very near the front, and it was very much a solo ride. And it contrasts those two rides and how difficult it was for him this year in that first um, 50k or so. And he was just working so much harder. And then when he actually got dropped, then he kind of settled in. But he actually went slower than what he did um, last year. Uh, oh, so, or, or, yeah, just it was interesting to go check that out on Slow Twitch. Um, and so those are the main ones that you still see on the on the front page there. But then you've got lots of people who didn't finish. So you've got your Bevan. Mm. What, did Trenzo finish? Uh, no, no. Andreas Rayler, I nearly caught him on the run. I think I was getting really close to him. I talked to him after the race, but I didn't. I, I, I was kind of. Uh, I just didn't get the mic in front of him, but he was just saying he just wasn't there. Yeah. He just had a bad day. So he, he made a good swim for him, 51 
27, 436, right there, you know, there or thereabouts coming off the bike, 516 on the run. That is a long time. I was out there four and a half Good hours. For, for finishing it, but I think he must have done a lot of walking and, and uh and yeah. I probably I probably would have been out there that length if I'd kept walking, but he must have just kept on walking. And the other ones in there that that, that really blew out, um, Marino, um, four thirty on the run. So he his Did day you is done. My interview of him, <laughs> he'd given up. He's over this race. Yeah, he's not coming back. And I think he was legit. Um, other ones that really blew out, Tim O'Donnell. Um, you know, he was right up there last year, and again in contention. And a lot of those guys, you know, rode about that four thirty five. Four, he rode four thirty seven, but then he went three fifty two on the run. So there's going to be a lot of head scratching. Joe Gambles, who I interviewed, um, he was, I think, maybe leading at one stage on the bike, but he must have blown out big time because he rode 4.51 and then ran 3.05. So, and then, then, as Bevan said, you go to the DNFs, Tyler Butterfield, fifth last year, uh, was, was he fifth last year or was he fourth? He was there or thereabouts last year, as was James Carnema, um, who I interviewed, and he was pretty optimistic of a good race. Terenzo DNF, Pete Jacobs DNF, Victor Del Corralo, who, who's a legendary runner DNF, um, Aniko Lanos, Ferris. Um, yeah, man, like names. Eh? To, and Ferris is pretty consistent at Conan. He is. I wonder if that's more. Um, maybe he that's his first early D- too. Yeah, maybe that's his first DNF. So, oh, yeah. so interesting point you brought later on in the show notes here is that 32 out of the 35 women who started the race finished in the pros, mm-hmm. only 36 of the 53 men who started finished. And I got a st- I stole that fact from Cupcakes with Cal because um, oh. he had that on his, so I give him some credit there. Yeah, yeah so that's a, a massively high percentage of finishes for the females and uh, and pretty low percentage of finishes for the males. So I'm just looking here, we've got the first age grouper. First age grouper from the, well, what I can tell is a guy called Daniel Stub- Stablexi in my 35 to 39 age group. And he got 24th, now they have different start times, so it's a bit different, but 24th fastest time of the day. Mm, so which is pretty consistent. I, th- I think that's pretty consistent on uh, on on what you see. Um, so basically, past. looking at your age group, mm? what, what was your age group? 35, 39. Okay, so if we go 35, 39, male 35, 39, and you were saying of if you if you were to have your best day. See, this is why it's really hard to tell now because the bloody finish times aren't there. Yeah, it is hard to tell, isn't it? So if I go male, male, and then can I? Just this go, is great podcasting. Well, no, it's, it's more of a bad website than great podcasting. Yeah. So anyway, if we, I, I know that um, uh, Pod so, Paul O'Doherty, he finished in about twelfth. Again, you can't bloody tell here, but I think he was twelfth, and he did I think about nine twelve something like that, nine twelve to nine fifteen. Um, so it, again, you know, it, in in the thirty five to thirty nine age group, there was four really big hitters in terms of you had Stubletsky, James Gilfillan, um, you had Sam Guide, and you had the guy Colum who, who yep. DNF'd. And so out of those um, those guys, only two of them really really hit their guns. And oh, there was one other guy you had Trent Chapman, so that he was yeah the big big five. So it's the same in age groups. You know, you look at the fields, and half the guys. Blow out, and um, and I'm as good as example as anybody. Um, so it's it was a tough age group, but you know, again, it, it ended up being reasonably consistent on on previous years. Those front two were were, were way off the front, um, and then behind that, you know, it's um yeah, it's fast, but and it's just you know, you lose a minute here, and you you're going to lose a few places. It's um it's all pretty pretty thick and fast. 
I'm just trying to find you, mate. You, you, oh, keep, page four. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. You blow out in Kona, you know, uh, you, you do a 10 and a half in Kona, you're a long way down. Well, I'm on page six and I still haven't found you. Yeah. So, yeah. And no. I don't, I don't, unfortunately, I don't have actually where you were within your age group in here. No. So, oh, John Newsom. So, where do you think you got overall? Oh, I was like, I think I was 700 and something, wasn't I? 732. Yeah. There you go. Top half of the field. Top half of the field. You've got to be happy with that. You swam a 58, you rode a 4 at 507. The 424 marathon was weird. Doesn't count the muscle. We'll get to that later on. Okay. On the, the girl side? The girl side of things. So, you know, you had a lot more of those regular names there that you would have expected to see. So there's certainly some girls who didn't um, perform as well as you thought they, they might have done, but you know, a lot of that top ten you would have <laughs> said, yep, yep, they're, they're Yeah, it wasn't as surprising, was it? No. So the girls who perhaps I'd say some of the girls who you thought would have done um, maybe a bit better, I you know, I was picking um Corin Abraham to do better than eleventh. Um, and Lindsay Corbin was in was in twelfth there. So it's just again the girls' side of things is really deep now. You know, there's a lot of those girls are running well, you know, Lindsay Corbin ran two fifty eight and back in the day, you know, if you had a, a, a 258, you were running yourself into a pretty high position. Well, that's what really, um, Natasha used to do, wasn't it? She'd mm. run a three hour and that would be... She'd obviously buy, you know, Lindsay Corbin had a really crappy bike and she's not, um, or a pretty bad bike and she's not, not a great swimmer. But uh, even even that being said, and back in the day, you run 258, you're going to run yourself into the top 10 and, and she didn't do that. She was she was 12th. Um, Heather Wurdle. Heather Wirtle, I was picking her, to, and a lot of people were picking her to do well. Shelby Stibbery. Leander Cave was only down there in... Um, Although we weren't expecting much from her, were we? No, but yeah, I wonder what's going on there. It must be hard to stay motivated. Um, Kelly Williamson. Catelyn Snow didn't have the run that she normally does. Uh, she ran 3.16. You know, she's 20, you know, nearly 25 minutes slower than what she did last year. Um, and then Natasha Badman, a few people were picking her for our infamous 11th spot, and you know, she's understandably slowing down a bit you know she swam 106 bike 512 that's 512 still pretty respectable um, but ran a 325 so she was well down the field it's harder to figure out who was the first female age group it's can do you know who that was oh, i don't and yeah it is it's yeah it's very very hard yeah sorry um, so sorry we're not doing that because we're sexist pigs it's poor it's just this website's not that clear on no, so on the on the girls side, in terms of the DNFs, there's only um, four there, and, and and those are pretty big hitters. You had Meredith Kessler, who must have pulled out at some stage on the run. Um, Yvonne Van Vlerken, who she's going pretty decent. She's swam 106, which is consistent for her. Bike 505, which is respectable, um, but must have pulled out on the run. So uh, Sarah Gross um, pulled out, and as did Kat Morrison. So four pretty big hitters, but you, know, you compare that to the number of DNFs on the guys' side of things, not a lot. Tell you what, when you look at these results here, Caffrey's a weapon with that run, isn't she? So I think, again, she had the, I think there's only two or three guys faster than her yeah. on the run. And the other thing that I noted wow, was... Wow, impressive, 250. Only, I think there was only three age group guys in front of her. and Really? That is pretty impressive. You know, I was talking about possibly beating the chicks. There's no way, even in my wildest dreams, best possible race scenario that I would have beaten her. Um but that's what was her final time? Because again, do you remember it? No. She went nine hours and a few seconds. It okay. was nine hours flat. Okay. So yeah, man, those girls have lifted the the bar. And I'll tell you what, Gina had high. a crappy bike, but she had a bloody good run. Three oh one, three oh one run for Gina. Yeah. That's impressive. And 
yeah. bit of a disappointing bike, but very, very disappointing bike. But to turn it around and have that run, she was looking strong on the run too. So again, she yeah, I I didn't have a, a very good bike ride, um, and I got a drafting penalty, and I rode five oh seven. She rode five seventeen. Yeah. And when we compare to Tapo, when I had a still had a pretty crappy bike ride, um, but I think we rode about the same. You take ten minutes off her time, she would have been right up amongst it. Uh, not not contending for the win, but uh, she would have been you know, in the top five, I think. Has Soto said anything about Daniela? I haven't really been. Oh, she's gonna. No, I haven't. But I tell you, somebody's taken over Soto's Twitter account because you can understand everything that's said now. <laughs> and that's not. I'm not being nasty or anything. It was a. Gumbled bunch of mess. You just you're just so cryptic. You just go. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Now it's all perfect English, uh-huh. and you can understand exactly what's going on. There you so, go. so what else did I say? I think that was about the guts of what I wanted to get across. Really, just looking at that sort of eleventh through twentieth and the DNFs, and it just goes to show, you know, when you're going for on the limit, um, a lot of people crack. Well, it's like Marino's statement. You know, he's a great athlete. You know, like and potentially could have been a winner in Kona. Mm. Just shows even these guys who are just mean athletes. You know, mm. it's such a hard race. And you know, fully acclimatised. He'd been there for. Um, I interviewed him. He'd been there for a month or so, getting ready. And, but, is, uh, but is that the problem? Is you know, like if we look at the ITU guys, they they race at that level so many times in a year, so they they know the game so well. Mm. Whereas the Ironman guys, they have one race a year where they actually put it all out there. And so it's hard to have that race experience of that that high level, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's that's why Conan's just always such an unknown, isn't it? It is just, and it's a it's, it was tough conditions. It always is, um, but it, I, and we did. It wasn't even that tough on the run this year. So imagine if it'd been tough on the run, you would have seen a lot more explosions. And I think I saw that in Gina's um, comment in, in her blog is you know really cool conditions for the run, still bloody hot and uncomfortable. Yeah, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't it, like even as a spectator, you weren't like, "Oh my god, this is ridiculous." Yeah, and and that's what I was saying on the run when I was um, dawdling along. I was expecting there to be a lot more people cracking, and they weren't. And I think Gina, you know, she was running so well. I think she thought she was going to run further up, but you didn't get those people cracking quite so badly because it wasn't quite so hot. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And we're talking about all the people that did blow up. Imagine if it had been really tricky on the run, and uh, you would have seen a hell of a lot more explosions. So. Yeah, interesting stuff. I saw a tiny clip of Miranda Carfrey yesterday running, uh, and far out, man. She's just flying. Oh, she's a beautiful <laughs> because runner too, she's she? so small. She has to have a fast turnover, but man, she was going on a lead drive and just motoring. It so. was impressive because I'm I, you, for those who listen to the coverage on the race day when I was sitting around with those Australian boys and girl, uh, I, I I I thought she had no hope. Mm. And that was about 15k into it. I thought, no, nah, there's no way. Mm. And that was impressive. Okay, uh, results. We just had uh, one race that I could see over the weekend in terms of the iron distance. You had the beached battleship and you had Vinnie Johnson take it out in 8.28, four-minute victory over Michael Starkey and Thomas Wood. So some pretty fast times there. The swim is uh, ridiculously fast. I think it's a downriver swim. They uh, So they swim 39 minutes, bike 4.41. That's impressive. And then run a three-hour flat marathon. Nice racing on the girls side of things. We had uh, Alyssa Godetsky took it out in 9.22 from Susie Serpico in 9.37 and Anne Hammer. Oh, drop the hammer, Anne Hammer. <laughs> 9.53. I'm just interested to see how many people um, 
did the race. So you had about 135 or so on the girls' side of things, and then we had on the boys' side of things. How many we have there? Great podcasts. It's been going for years this race, though, hasn't it? Um, yeah. Oh, it's quite a few. I'm in the 300s already, up to 400s. Keep scrolling. About 439. And so I had an email in from Grant Petrie, who said he went down to the race, and he said, man, I hope WTC don't take over this race. It's fantastic old school racing. Is it really? Yeah, he just said it just had a really good vibe about it. Nice and relaxed, just old school. Don't have the thousand upon thousands. They do have a half there, so I'm not sure how many did that, but he just said it was really cool to be going and doing that race. So nice work, beach to battleship. Okay, we also had Barcelona. Barcelona was actually when we were in Kona, and we did see. So I did see some footage there of some chronic, the drafting. chronic yeah. drafting. But we had a bloody close race on the the boys' side of things. You wow. had uh, Alonso, McKern, and Clement take it out in eight oh four thirteen, only a thirty second victory over um, Miguel Blanchard Tinto. They both ran two forty six. 246.14 and 246.37. And there's only like 20 seconds between that them. That is bitching out on the run. Yeah. That is nice work. And Constantine Bashaw, as usual, spanked the bike and then faded a little bit on the run. Uh, still ran 257 for third place in 8.09. And then on the girls' side of things, you had... Eva Wheatley take it out in 8.49 and Camilla Peterson in second in 8.58 and Susie Hignett in third in 9.03. So all those people will be cranking up their points for next year's Kona if they so choose to go down that path. Okay, uh, tryrating.com, we'll put out that because we're going to be talking about Ironman Florida and this is often one of the races where those people jump on board after Kona who maybe didn't have a great race, still a bit fit, try to get some easy points. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if, if you have a few more because there's actually not many names down here that um, that are trying to go for the, the, for the quick points grab, uh, which is a little bit surprising, but maybe this is a provisional start list, so... Torsen's got it's down. A big list, but there's not big names, is there? No, so you've got Andrew Starkowitz, who uh, spanked it there last year and set the new course record. Ben Hoffman, who's down the start list. Uh, Do you think he'll be racing? Well, if he just validates, then he's got the whole year in front of him True. free. So all, all these guys, if you finish in the top 10 in Kona, you more or less just have to go somewhere to validate. Uh, then you've got Maximin Kryat and Tim O'Donnell, who is, you know, he's starting from scratch again. He's yeah. in that screwed position. Um, but, you know, given he had a pretty cruisy time on the run, he may be sweet. But having said that I had a cruisy time on the run and my calves are still sore really but I think I probably ran a little bit too early after the race I was running Phil and I went running on Thursday and Friday after the race should have done a five hour run yeah shouldn't have yeah, yeah shouldn't have so those are your big hitters uh, I think the one name here that I'm really interested to see how he goes is a guy by the name called Lionel Sanders who's a Canadian and this dude was just tearing up the 70.3 circuit um, on the run running super duper fast uh, I'm not quite sure of his swim ability he was winning 70.3 so he must be pretty decent yep. across the swim and the bike I think he's a bit weaker in the swim but uh, I'll be really interested to see how he crosses over because ITU rules the world and we'll be looking forward to him uh, crushing everybody not the 70.3 is ITU but well the ITU it. guys didn't re- oh no they did okay this year didn't they I was just thinking of the, the no don't worry all right. Uh, on the girls' side of things, you got Yvonne Van Vlerken, Leander Cave, uh, Ashley Clifford, who are sort of the the front three seated on Torsten's ratings. And uh, yeah, again, you haven't got any um, sort of many 
big hitter Konas or people that you think are maybe accumulating points, but let's see. Start list might change, and we may see more of them do Arizona. Okay, we also, uh, the prize money, they're going to be having prize money at Bahrain for the, the individual winners in the age groups. I think plus it's just, the teams. For, just for Bahrainis, but you know, they're throwing. Um, oh, is it just for locals, is I'm it? I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. So we're going to have an interview next week with the president of the um, sort of the, the tri set up over there in Bahrain. So we'll hear a bit more about that and just the, the general lay of the land. I know that. I saw a lot of the pros tweeting this week saying, right, only nine days till entries close for Bahrain. So they're obviously trying to do a big push to get uh, get as many people entered for that race as they can. But it's going to be exciting times seeing what happens in that race where you've got some some long course dudes going up against the, the short course athletes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we also, <coughs> there's a free entry to, oh, sorry. Um, uh, I, now I want to, if somebody, anybody can help me out here, I saw a picture of Mario Cipollini. Um, Bevan won't even know who he is, no. but he was a... Cyclist? He, he, he is like the porn star of cycling. Yeah, I think I've heard of Cipollini. Yeah, yeah. He, and, and I found it on his Facebook page as well, and he still looks like he is just the Italian stallion. Really? And, Ladies. Uh, yeah, not a, not a skimp of body fat on him, and just the guy who always dresses fancily and just drives the Ferraris and all that sort of stuff. Um, apparently, I saw a picture of him down at Challenge Sardinia getting ready to race. I couldn't see his name in the in the results, but they had Challenge Sardinia last weekend. It was a half-distance race. So if anybody knows if he finished or um, how he got on, if he did the half, be interested to know. And then, yeah, I found this on Triathlete Magazine Online, the, the Great Floridian, one of the long-standing races in America, yep. having their anniversary coming up. And they're offering, as far as what they were saying on Triathlete Magazine, basically free entry to people who have raced in, in the past. That's sort of their anniversary present. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, when is the race? It is usually it's uh, it's next year, and it's in usually in around November, or October time. It's November the twelfth this year. Um, no, it's on October the twenty fourth next year. All official finishes of the full distance race from 1991 to present will receive a complimentary entry into the 2015 race. Um, this special complimentary entry offer is available to all official individual finishes in the full 140.6 mile course from 91 to 2014. So obviously they're trying to, well, a reward the people that have supported their race, but just trying to get their make sure their 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 event stays on the on the map. Because um, there's not many of them these days. They're just uh, starting to get eaten up. And this has been a race that's been around for, for a long, long time. So if you've done this race in the past, you want to go celebrate 25 years, get, a, get yourself a free entry, check it out, summersports.com. John McLean finished... This is impressive. This is impressive, John. So I'll send you through the link, Bevan. I've got it here. You got it there? The, the sto- well, I've, I found a story here on some website. Yep. So there's a Daily a, Telegraph. Uh, I watched. Uh, there's a a link there with a. It's either I think it's 60 minutes or one of those programs oh, okay. like that. I watched it yesterday. I'll send it through and I'll put it in the show notes. This is impressive. So John McLean. Um, he was in Kona. Yeah, I'm probably going to keep lining him up for legends, but I figure that given the story's just come out, he's probably going to be pretty busy right now. Um, but he was the first paraplegic to finish Kona. He was hit by a truck. So 20, 26 years ago, he was hit by a truck um, while training for his bike. I remember, t- we've talked about him in the past. So mm. yeah, It's a name who's well known in triathlon. And yeah, became a paraplegic, went and did Kona, went and did uh, swam, swam the channel, basically done, you know, whatever sort of freaky bloody event there was, he went out there and did it, and all, all in a wheelchair. And... Last weekend, just been, he completed the Nepian Triathlon, which is, 
I'm not sure if it's sprint or it's between sprint and Olympic, but yep. ballpark sprint, something like that. And he finished it as an able-bodied athlete. And so he's basically learning how to walk again. And he's learned how to walk again. And he's learned how to run. Sort of, when I say run, yeah. run, run. He used sticks for support and stuff. So the footage that I saw of him, for, for doing a 5K, maybe he did. But he was able to do, you know, go go normally. He, he walks very oddly. So he, his whole spinal cord has not been completely severed. Yep. But he's basically confined to a wheelchair for, for 26 years. And then... They found some guys that wanted to, to try some new stuff on him. And I don't, don't believe he's being treated with drugs or anything. They said, look, if we work hard enough on your mental conditioning, do enough physical conditioning, we think you've got enough movement there that you can you can walk again. Wow. And they worked, they walked through this. They had this guy who's just looked like a guru in terms of his um, mentor and his physical trainer who really had to get pretty deep with him in terms of his levels of concentration, his levels of belief and what have you. Um but he's doing it, and he and he's walking again, and he's got a oh. he's got a kid and everything, and um and he's able to now stand up and walk, and he yeah he does he did he has not got full range of movement by any stretch of the imagination, Still. and it hasn't regrown, but they're just saying there's enough there that you can 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 walk. So it was um that's an impressive story. Well, that is amazing. Imagine if mm. being in a wheelchair for you know years of your life. Mm. And then be able to get up and the ability to use your legs again. Jeepers, mm. creepers, that's got to be so an check, emotional moment. Yeah, check it out on... Um, I'll put a link. So, John, give me this. I'll put, I'll put it on our show notes. So, go to www.imtalk.me. But John McLean's obviously a pretty legend of a man. And one other piece of news, there's new, another new iron distance race coming up in the UK called the Freak Man. Freak Man. And massive amount of climbing. I think it's got 10,000 feet of climbing on the course. So, you freaks in the UK, another one out there. Okay, sponsor. Extreme <laughs> Endurance. I, so, had, I had some people asking or saying, oh, I keep getting sick. And I just say, look, my build-up through Kona was, I, don't, I really don't recall getting sick over winter. And that's a pretty big feat when you're going through winter in New Zealand and any, any winter for that matter. Yep. Um, and I put a big part of it down to... Um, the immune boost so whenever I felt a sniffle coming along or anything sort of coming my, in my direction boom started hitting it making sure I hit it pretty pretty hard you know I was on it most of the time but I'm as I've said in the past I'm usually pretty hopeless with pills but whenever I felt something coming on boom hit it and um and just cleared up straight away and you know training so much of it about is consistency and just laying it out week after week after week after week and uh, if you get sick or you get injured obviously you're screwed on that front um, so if you want to give yourself a, a helping hand a lot of you North Americans and uh, Northern Hemisphere athletes you know you are going to start that creep into winter although this morning it felt like it was still bloody winter out there in New Zealand uh, get it was on a bit cold wasn't it immune boost so check, check, check it out and uh, Kiwis and Aussies if you need any I usually have it in stock as well and so just pop us a note everybody else in the world use promo code IamTalk5 IamTalk on the .com site and you get yourself $5 dollar discount ok Jombo so before you, we went away to Kona we asked you guys what are going to be your top three pips for Kona and male and female and I'm sure everyone got it right I, I am consistent Bevan Consistent at getting it wrong. Consistently bad. <laughs> I just let me just. I'm just getting. Uh, I can't remember who I picked. Oh God, I did a. But I'm pretty sure I didn't do that well. Yeah. So I. I, I think I may have picked Kingley. Yeah, I think a lot of people put a pick Kingley. Yeah. That, that wasn't a hard pick. Hey, 
I went. I'm not. I don't think we went over this last week, and we may have done. If we are, no, sorry we for repeating. So I went. Bevan Doherty, Evan Rana, Sebastian Keenley, Niels Fromholm, Bart Aronarts, James Carnamar, Tim O'Donnell, Andrew Starkowitz, Terenzo Botsoni, and Marco Albert. To be honest, my belief in Bevan wasn't. I wasn't it's a bit, like bit, he's bit patriotic. Got, I'm, I'm going from because he's a Kiwi, but the rest of them. Put the heater on. It's a bit cold. It is. Yeah. Say, bugger the electricity bill. Oh, crank man, crank it up. Yeah, it's going up. Oh, electricity's going up. We're going to be bankrupt. You guys are going to have to start paying $200 a show soon. Uh, so out of that top 10 that I picked, I had Keenlay in there. He was top 10. Nils Fromholm was top 10. Bart Aronauts was top 10. And that's about where it stops. So I got 3 out of 10. Did woefully. Uh, Bevan probably did woefully now as well. He's not even in the studios now. He's disappeared to go for a wee. Uh, on the girls' side of things, I had Mirinda Carfrey, Meredith Kessler. When Bevan comes back, he's going to start rehashing the same conversation again, but I'll go through it anyway. Uh, we had Mirinda Carfrey. Uh, I had Meredith Kessler, Rachel Joyce, Mary Beth Alice, Daniela Reef, Liz Blatchford, Caroline Stephan, Corin Abraham, Caitlin Snow, and Heather Wirtle. So out of my top 10 who didn't make it, we had uh, Kessler. I can't remember where Mary Beth finished. I'll have to look that up in a second. Uh, Blatchford, I think, was was up there just towards top end of top ten, and Corinne was just outside the top ten. So I, again, I probably only hit about fifty percent on the girls. Yeah, you didn't do well. Yeah. <laughs> girls is a bit more obvious, but boys. But 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 in all fairness, let's look at what people said on Facebook because I don't think many people would have done that well. So we'll go one for one. How many people have done this? Uh, quite a few. So okay, Jumbo. I'll say I'm going to start off with good old Aaron Franklin. He's got Carolyn Stephan, Caffrey, and Reef, which isn't bad. Yep. Not the right order. And he got uh, Frodo, Keenley, Van Laird. Pretty, well, that's actually not too bad. Two out of either. three. Yeah. And and and, and Lee's still got top ten. Yep. You keep going, Bevan. I'm trying to find the uh, James, it's quite low down. Uh Duval. He got Kanama, Keenlay, Frodo, Swallow, Joyce, Cave. So his girls were not that good. Joyce was the only one that was really in there. Frodo and Cave. If you got Frodo and Keenlay, you're not gonna go too bad. Mm. Christopher Dorian, Abraham, Joyce, Cave. A lot of people were early on put Cave. I wouldn't have put Cave. No. Jacobs, Frodo, Keenlay. Um, I'm going to scroll through Clean Newbolt He had a shocker on the men's He had <laughs> Marino Aniko Tim O'Donnell Let's just try to find some That were, uh, Ke- that were good Ron Ritz He had a shocker He was picking Raylert, Rana and Butterfield He had uh, <laughs> two DNFs I know Raylert finished Rana was out of it Butterfield DNF'd um, Who else do we have Fredino Starkey and Rana Was uh, Joe Baxis And she had Stefan Reef And Rinnie so I think a lot of people pick Keenlay here. A lot of people. Do you pick know what's really Joycey. interesting? Not many people pick uh, Rennie as first. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you had Reef, uh, Paul Dean, or Paul Dean did. He had Rennie. Oh, he. Uh, did he get? Joycey finished third, didn't she? Yes. Here we go. Paul Dean. Paul Dean. Nice work. He had <laughs> champion. He had Rennie, Reef, and Joyce. Okay. Did he get the gear? Okay, if he gets the guys, he gets a free Iron Talk jersey. He didn't. Oh, he, got, he got two out of three, not in the correct oh. order. He had Fredino, Keenlay, and Botzoni. Bad luck, Chuck. Yes. <laughs> like John Nottleford, he had Fredino, Keenlay, Rana, and then Reef, uh, Caffrey, and Joyce. So, a lot of people. Then Tom Ward was very close. He had Joycey, Rennie, and Reef, so just the wrong order. And then he had Frodo, Keenlay, and Aronuts. So, that's pretty pretty close. Brad Wright had Keenlay, Frodo, and Reed. 
Latchford Reef and Zena. Oh, this one could. This is this is almost as close as it gets. Uh, so you had who's this? Alistair Horabane. He didn't get the right order, but he got Daniela Reef, Marinda Carfrey, and Rachel Joyce. So he got that just almost the right. Then Fredino Keenlay and Fromhold, and didn't Fromhold finish? Was he? Uh, hold on, give me a second. You, you pull up another one. Where did Fromhold? Okay, Holt Andrew finish? Wilson had Frodo, Tim, Timo, and then Keenlay, and then he had Rennie, Joycey, and Wirtle. And then Stuart Martin-Lawrence had uh, Freddie, Terenzo, Sebastian, uh, then John Newsom, just in the front of the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he had, then for the girls, he had uh, Caffrey, Joycey, and Gossage. Oh, Fromhold finished sixth. There you go. Yeah. So, so no anyway, one nailed it. But no. Well, one guy nailed one guy's, the girls, but other than that. It's a hard one to pick, isn't it, John? It was. And then on the um, we also had our 11th place pick. And what was interesting there is... Uh, we did that week before, didn't we? We did that the week before. But so nobody picked... Corrine Abraham was 11th on the girls' side of things. And on the guys' side of things, you had uh, Mike Twelsick. And I had a look through yesterday. Nobody picked Twelsick. But that was actually probably a pretty reasonable pick because he is normally an axe on the bike. And he did ride 424. So thumbs up for him. Awesome effort. He just rode through the field with Keenlay. Well, I don't know if he was with Keenlay, but he uh, he came out of the swim exactly at the same time and then rode 4.24 versus a 4.20, but he only ran a 3.07. Um, and then what was interesting, though, on the 11th place side of things was Corin Abraham, and our f- when, I, when we posted that topic, you know, who's going to finish at 11th, the first person to post was Corinne Abraham. Oh, really? She just said, ouch. So I'm not quite sure what uh, she mentioned by that. But anyway, she was uh, our 11th place finisher. Came home with a pretty reasonable run, but just had a, a shitty time on the bike. Got a drafting penalty. She's not the greatest swimmer anyway. But um, she'll be back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. She's a weapon, man. Mm. And she's, man, she's She's a lean woman, isn't she? She is. She was a muscly man. John and I, we were like, we did a few press ups afterwards. And, and she's that kickboxer, not kickboxer. Yeah. She did um, judo, ju- judo I think it was. She so, smashed uh, us. Actually, she beat us up afterwards. We were crying yes. our thumbs and our tongue. Okay, uh, Kona bits and pieces. So here's some other oh, little no, bits and pieces. No, this week? Oh, this week's discussion. Your favourite Kona moment and any questions on Kona? So what, you want to ask us? Questions you might have for either Bevan from a spectator point of view or me from um, anything that I don't cover today or we haven't covered. So any questions you might have around Kona and also your favourite moment from Kona this year. That can be either if you were there or if you were spectating on the internet. Okay, uh, other bits and pieces, Shana Neil and Craig Gruber who actually met on the boat. Oh, right. Yeah, Yeah, he was a real nice guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't get the bike cut off. They, I think they only just missed it. Um, I think it was maybe, it was a matter of minutes, not not like one or two. I think it was like because she actually rode minutes. as well. It, yeah. it wasn't like a Rick and Dick Hoyt mm. where he towed her on the bike. She mm. actually they had a bike where she, it was almost like one of those sit down yeah tr- bike machines that you see at the gym. Yeah, get this though. He swam a one oh four. Towing someone, you f- you swim a fifty eight. Fifty eight. I'm a pretty reasonable You're swimmer. A good swimmer, and so you know you've got people like the fillinator and stuff. I can't remember what the fillinator swam, but it wasn't one hundred four. It no, might have been one hundred eight or some one hundred six. That is bitching. That is so fast. That's impressive, isn't it? it? Really impressive because it was tricky conditions. They just got done by the wind, really, didn't they, on the bike? Yeah, you know, because oh. obviously if that wind wasn't up, I would love to see a <clears throat> a swimmer swimmer. You know, I'm talking one of the top pros. See what they can swim towing somebody. And I don't reckon it'd be that much faster than that. So well done, Craig and Sean. Yeah. Uh, Dave Fish, tell us the story. This is, 
I'm not I'm not condoning vigilante activities on the <laughs> Okay, back it up. <laughs> it's never a good way to start a sentence. And this is not Dave Fish who who is a vigilante. It's a friend he, he, of he, his. He was telling the story and that's legit. It's not. He said he was riding along on the lava fields and uh, and he was maybe he, he was saying, you know, he's thirty meters back from somebody in front of him. And he said there was this girl who was just not even blatantly drafting, just sitting on someone's wheel, literally sitting on someone's wheel. And it wasn't just for a moment. He said it was for a long period of time and there was no indication that she was going to to be moving. Riding along, and he's Dave's sitting there going, whatever, just I'm, yep. just I'm just doing my thing. And he said, Some he, he thinks it was German, I think he said, came up, rode up next to him, and said, uh, What the F is going on up there? And the dude rode up there and he rode up to this, this chick and he pulled both of her drink bottles out from behind her seat, you know, holding them behind the, behind the seat and threw them into the lava fields. <laughs> Do we like that or not? That's, that's pretty vigilante, and I'm just thinking, probably not the best thing we're doing, but when you, oh, yeah, that was, I just thought it was an entertaining story that I would share with the listeners. Would you do that, John? I would not do that. I did give people, a few people, the evil eye and some hand gestications when I was Well, show me the along. hands you did. It's like, you know. Wow, yeah, I'll be scared of those hands. <laughs> there was, I just got started to get pretty frustrated on the way back to town when there was And some you're not even in the peak part. No, it was some pretty blatant drafting. I was like, come on, seriously. I get it when you're in a big group and you're Constantina up. Yes, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. But when you're yeah, in a lineup, you've got a bit of time to sort of ease off a little bit. Tony Hodge uh, sent us her an email saying uh, she listened to the post race interviews and she said that um, while they're really good, they weren't necessarily truly representative of everyone out there. She was saying that a lot of people who were around her mark, which is around 12, 13 hours, mm-hmm. uh, actually she had, she had a blind day, had a great day, and that, um, you know, just because you know the nature of the way we do those post-race interviews is, is I'm really there for the pros I seem to get a few of the fast age groupers coming through just because I'm waiting for some of the pros and uh, lots of people talked about bad days and she was saying actually a lot of people around her time had great days and, uh, and I was sort of backing up what Bevan was saying is I only spoke to one or two people that had good days yeah. if we were saying oh crap day crap day Yeah. so that was good uh, only three age group men in front of Rennie we've already talked about that and then Alma the guy with the heart condition he actually finished he did and then I've got to give a plug to the uh, Paradise Helicopters who oh, yep. uh, went up on my helicopter trip I saw your photos yeah it was cool was it, was it awesome it was really cool I started getting just a little bit queasy towards how the long were we up for oh it was, a, it was a long time you know we were up there for over over an hour, I think oh, it, was, wow. it was between an hour and hour and a half. So it was wasn't it awesome it being above the lava. It was cool. Yeah, I mean, we didn't go above the stuff that's really. F- well, no, we did go above the stuff that's really flowing at the moment. But um, it, I don't know if you've, have you been watching the news? Well, I, I was on the radio. I heard about it. Yeah, so it's literally last two nights. It's been on the news, and they oh, actually really? had some footage from Paradise Helicopters. Um, well, in New Zealand news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. really? No, the houses, the houses are about to get destroyed. Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you haven't been watching the news, the, the, the lava flow is really flowing at the moment and it's about to go and wipe out a whole bunch of houses that will literally be doing it today probably. Um, Imagine so that. It's it a suck way to lose your house. Yeah, so with the guys at Paradise Helicopters, if you are going over there, um, if you use the promo code IAMTALK, um, somebody else said they used it and got a really nice discount. So um, I don't know if it's working on the website, but that, I'm going to check with them. But they said they would leave it up there for 12 months. So if you go over there next year, or um, go to the 70.3 highly cool, recommended cool way to see the island and you just get to see uh, we saw um, some waterfalls it was the fifth highest waterfall in the world oh wow um, so that was pretty cool and just the coast I mean the, the, the volcano is cool and you get to see the flowing lava and these little holes in the ground but then the other cool really cool stuff is just seeing all the coastlines did you and see what the penis you. swimming pool 
the pain is so full. No, he didn't. <laughs> because my friend, when I was over in the United States about 10 years ago doing some work, one of my mates got to go to um, to, go to Kona mm-hmm. and do some fitness stuff in Kona. And it was, it was luck of the draw. It was like, who got to go to Kona? And he got to get, mm. do the trip. And I was gutted. And there was... Going to Kona would have been fun anyway, but the best thing was that they say with someone who was really rich, and this person mm. just laid it on for this guy I was mm. working with, and he got to go in the helicopter fly around. And some guy in Kona who's who's made a lot of money through porn mm. has made this mm. penis swimming pool, yeah. <laughs> and so he's, he's in the helicopter, yeah. and there's this big penis in the middle of nowhere. Oh, no, I did not see it? that. So, oh, so you missed out. No, it was good times. Went up there with a the filinator and uh, Doctor Field. Good day for one, Dawn. Oh, good times. Mm. Okay, sponsor. Coffees at Hawaii.com. Missing it now, Bevan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you serve it? Were you serving coffee on the coffee boat? Do you know what, John? <laughs> I got on the boat. I only managed to get out there one morning, but I got on the boat and they're a bit understaffed. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to do interviews here and I'm hanging out with these coffees. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as someone asked me on the boat, oh, look, I've got to do interviews. And I, yeah. So I did actually hand out a few. You did? Um, but I was trying to get out of the job pretty quickly because I didn't want to be there for three hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I, uh, yes, yes, but not for long. Cool. So if you guys want to get uh, coffees and also teas, Belinda and, and yourself are great tea drinkers. Oh, yeah. So if coffee's not your gig, um, get on there and get some of their lovely teas. I've got a whole bunch of them and then you can just get all your different t- sorts of infusions and uh, just Do you know what's nice teas? about the coffees of Hawaii boat in Kona? Because mm-hmm. while it's amazing to swim in Kona, mm-hmm. clear water, the, the sea life underneath you, it's very buoyant. Taste, you get pretty salty, don't you? Mm. And it's pretty horrible. This woman, that's the only kind of horrible aspect of it. Go out to the coffee boat, feel all salty around the lips, bit of coffee. Why? Are you yawning now? I'm shaking. I'm so cold near Bevan. I've got the heater on. Good. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Um, so, honestly, guys, make sure you support Coffees of Hawaii because they're long time supporters of the show and also just do a great job in Kona. It's just a, a focal point of the week. And, uh, and also, we, sure we always continues. get great feedback from people who, who mm. use their products. So, mm. Coffees of Hawaii, guys, check it out. Okay, John, I'm not putting music on. Spot, do, do you want music? Okay, here's what we're going to put music based on how I felt you felt on your race day. Here we go. What can I get here? Coaches Corner. The music I chose was reflective. Reflective. Yeah. Reflective, John. A Good. few tears. You know, he wiped away the tears. Yeah. I'll get you ready for an hour. Where's that tissue box when I need there, it? There we go. I'm going to get it. I'll, I'll get a towel. So what went wrong in Kona, Bevan? What went wrong? That's what never a good wrong? subject, Kidding. You wanted the section to be, why did I nail Kona? What, everything that went right, just follow this plan and you'll be perfect. Yep. Murray Lapworth pointed out that perhaps what went wrong was it was only a two-year plan, not a three-year plan. I read these show notes and I thought, really? He's going to say that? That's Murray, Murray's suggestion was you should have been on the three-year plan and you would have been absolutely fine. I thought you were fine. quite genuine there. And I thought, is it, he's pulling at straws if he's saying that's his excuse. No, it should have been on a five-year plan. Yep. Um, so I'm I've just sort of divided this up a little bit about, um, uh, I don't know, I've just been having lots of questions, so just going to try to tick off as many things as I can. So training-wise, um, I probably wouldn't have done much differently because, you know, going at the race, fitness was good. You know, it was the um, best bike shape that I'd been during the build-up, so I knew that was ticking along nicely, both in terms of anaerobically and aerobically, so I knew I was in better shape than what I'd been for, say, Ironman New Zealand from, from any other races. So fitness-wise on the bike, I was, I was sweet. 
um, running wise I was running the best that I'd run um, again in the whole build up so I felt that I was ready for a good run so, try so, so you're feeling like you're kind of peaking in the right time yeah so you know I was fit enough so I, I wouldn't have changed m- much in, in terms of the build up in hindsight, perhaps one or a couple of small things I would have done is probably would have added a bit more variability in terms of my Ironman paced bike sessions. So, you know, if I'm out there doing a, you know, a two hour set or a three hour set or four, three by one hours or anything, would have added a bit more up and down. So rather than keeping it, you know, set. Just because it's more of a, a in the race is actually a bit more of a draft type riding. Yeah. So instead of just locking on to say 230 to 235 watts, would have just had some some surges to 250, easing off to 200, and just um, having a bit more variability in there. Don't think that impacted me massively because I did enough hard riding in my training that I felt that I could handle that sort of stuff. But for go- for you guys that are out there training for for this event, particularly if you're going to be similar sort of time to what I am, um, then I think you need to make sure that you have that in there because it is it is more up and down than perhaps what you might expect. Um, on the swimming front, Albert. Boyce gave me some good feedback in terms of you know just his analysis of, of what I sort of talked about after the race and and he was of a similar standard to the level that I was looking at and um, he said really you really need to be further up in the swim um, and, he, and he says that what do you mean make, no, as in at the start of the race uh, no in terms of your, your time you know it oh. should, should be swimming faster it should be swimming harder and that helps you out quite a lot on the on the bike early on you don't have so to, you actually take a bit more of a risk in the swim mm, mm. Um, but I wasn't in great swim shape, and maybe he didn't and didn't realise that. But one thing I probably could have, should have, should have, could have, would have done um, swim squad. I, you know, all my swimming was by myself. I sometimes had some some guys swimming with me, um, but my swim didn't get up to the level that I had hoped it would do. And um, why, why didn't you do squads? Just timing? It just inconvenience. You know, I could go down to my my pool that takes me you know ten minutes to get to. Yep. I can do the exact set that I want to do. Um, not necessarily pushing quite as hard yeah, as I could have an done. Yeah, that comes with squads, isn't it? And so, yeah, I think uh, I kind of thought things were tracking quite well until going before going to Canada. I thought you know, I thought I was on the right sort of trajectory, and I thought you know things are going to pick up, but they but they didn't. And so, I think swim squad could have given me that extra little bit of edge that I could have had in the swim, and then I could have maybe come out in the swim sort of maybe in 56, 55 times instead of fifty eight. Which would have been a better bike. Yeah, so I don't know if that would have had a massive, massive impact, but sort of would have uh, made life a little bit easier early on the bike and then I've had quite a few questions about you know what I did on the taper you know Phil and I did uh, did quite a big week there when we first got there and that was mainly to acclimatise and in the past you know going to to races it's worked well for people that I've coached it's worked well for us when we've gone and done uh, say 70.3 in Hawaii so whilst I knew it wasn't optimal it was a case of the trade-offs you know getting better acclimatised versus necessarily freshening up to the max. But I kind of felt that it, in hindsight, probably would have done pretty similar to, to what I've yeah. done in the past. So overall, training front, wouldn't have changed things drastically. Don't think that was my main issue on the day. Um, so in terms of the day, you know, clearly I didn't have a very good run and it was really nutrition was the big uh, the big. Piss, piss me off problem yeah. and just that's the most frustrating thing is you don't when you, when that happens you don't have the opportunity to to, to realize whether or find out if you are really in good shape just because you just you just can't you just can't run fast um, because you're just focusing all your energy on vomiting and uh, it's just a real pain. In the <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not a good place to be no. energy. So that my number one issue clearly was was vomiting on the run and why that perhaps happened um, and what I would do differently uh, looking at it. 
I probably would uh, change my nutritional strategy slightly. Now, this the nutritional strategy I used worked for me at Ironman New Zealand, where I probably perhaps had one of my best nutritional races. Yep. Um, obviously, it's different climate in Kona, but it also worked really well for me in the 70.3, two 70.3s in Kona. And, uh, and so I thought, you know, this nutrition plan should work pretty well. What I'd change though, if I was to, to replay the whole day again, is during the first um, section on the bike, I probably would have uh, just drank water just to try to let things settle, especially when during that stage the intensity is a little bit higher. I really feel that I didn't go too hard, but the intensity is higher than, say, your average output throughout the, the entire bike ride. Um, and then in hindsight, I probably would have taken a little bit less on the bike. So I, in terms you of... you think too much? Uh, too much early on. Yeah. I think that was, that was my issue. When the intensity was a little bit higher, I was pounding through um, pounding through the nutrition. So in terms of what I did for my nutrition over there... Well, I that's had, a fine line, isn't it? Because then if you don't yeah. take enough, mm. then you might not have enough energy. So that's the thing. That's <laughs> and I'm not the first person to get it wrong over there. Yeah, you know? God. We talk about Macca. You know, it took him seven times. It took... And not that I'm in the same league as those guys and they're no, racing pretty hard. But there's so many people fail, and so I'm just trying to share my experiences. So hopefully, you guys might be able to try a few different things. Um, but yeah, I think certainly that water in the first 20 or 30 minutes might have helped just get things flowing. And uh, and I think I might have taken a little bit less on the bike. So what I did take is I had around about five bottles of um, or five servings of Infinite, five to six servings of that, and that's quite a reasonable amount. And then on top of that, uh, I had a bit of M's bar. I, I don't think I got through a whole M's bar, but I had about three quarters of an M's bar, and then I had uh, a couple of servings of Infinite as well. So it wasn't a crazy amount. Um, but now, on the bike, at any stage, do you think you're in trouble with nutrition? I, I, I sort of, yeah... Midway, I sort of thought, oh, I don't know if this is, is 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 quite working. But then in the second half, it seemed to be going a little bit better. And I had probably the key thing for me on the bike was, um, oh, maybe I'll go into the, the bike in a moment. Yeah. But um, yeah, I did, to answer your question, I did have some issues in there, but I didn't think it was anything yeah. too major. Yeah, you could manage your way through it. So that was what I was doing in terms of my nutrition. Um, and then... I didn't really have a plan around my hydration. You know, it's just a case of over there you just keep keep drinking. But I think in hindsight, what I probably would have gone and done is uh, is maybe just had a bit more of a think about how much extra fluid I'm going to be taking on because that I think is one of my major issues is my stomach stopped working and I just wasn't processing anything through. And whether that be a case of just taking on the quantity of fluid I was taking on was too much or whether it was just taking in too much um, nutrition in terms of you know the carbohydrate content what have you those are questions I don't have a definitive answer for um, as, as to what stopped the processing whether it was intensity whether it was uh, taking stuff on too much taking on too much too early or whether I just wasn't used to the heat and I think that's a big thing that I one of the main conclusions I have is yeah I was I'm sweet over in Kona for five hours, you know, I've, I've had two really good 70.3 races over there, which are in that sort of four to five hour range, but racing for yeah. seven to ten hours is slightly different, so um, that was a real issue. So swim, Albert gave me some feedback, thought, you know, possibly could have, uh, you know, it's, it's quite different swimming sort of in that 56 range as opposed to swimming 58. Having said that, you know, I was pretty comfortable with my swim, intensity was really easy, I think the main thing I would have changed in the swim that really screwed me up a bit was uh, wasn't very attentive going around the halfway marker, and that's where I, um, I sort of lost track of the pack that I think would have been the fifty-seven to fifty-six pack. Wait, so you weren't concentrating? Yeah. I'm just gonna be 
pout. Um, so I think that was probably could have could have saved me a couple of you know easier minute in the swim if I'd been a bit more attentive. I was just following the guy's feet, and then all of a sudden um, realised the pack had uh, splintered, and, and I was sort of off the back. So I would have. Uh, been more attentive around the turn marker and hindsight probably could have swum a little bit harder to just to get myself up into that sort of uh, more in that 57 bracket and I would have been pretty happy with that. The bike I really lack experience in the in the Kona bunches you know I've obviously had 20 plus years of racing experience and I've had plenty of drafting races plenty of loose drafting races but it was a different experience for me in Kona and I, and I wasn't quite used to that because I haven't done you know the big races like say your Frankfurts and things like that riding in those sort of packs you know I was expecting to be able to keep good speed um, in the pack and you were going to have more of an advantage of being in a pack as opposed to what I actually found was I was actually going slower being in the pack because you just you were just constantly freewheeling and it was just frustrating the hell out of me so that was a really tough learning experience for me because I wasn't quite sure you know how to be handling it whether you should be freewheeling with it what to be doing so I think in in hindsight what I would have the way I would have ridden that ride in the past uh, if I had replayed that day is I would have tried to keep things a bit more constant rather than just holding the the distance between myself and the rider in front and constantly freewheeling I think I would have been much more beneficial just to be constantly um, trying to keep my power more even and if that meant passing more people then so be it because as it turned out there was certainly no enforcement of the cutting off rule where you pass somebody and then you cut into the draft zone between So they weren't actually strict on that? No, they certainly were not Um, so I think that's probably the one thing I would have uh, have changed So your average power? Yes, yeah, so this in terms of if people have or haven't looked at my power file, so my, the, the end result was I got a drafting penalty on the bike, which was a fair call, but everybody was drafting. I was yep. still pretty pretty yep. pissed off about it all. Um, so I rode five oh seven, I think was the official time in the in the results. Yep. And reality, looking at how times for other people, you know, I think it is the best I could have hoped for was probably be about five hours flat if yep. I'd had a really good ride. And so I wasn't. Massive, massively off um, where I wanted to be. Um, I would have liked to have been, as I said, closer to that five-hour mark. My normalised power was 2.28, and I was sort of pitching for between 2.30 and 2.35. So you look at that on the so face of it, and yeah. you go, well, that's kind of close. You're only a couple of watts off. But what killed me was, uh, well, didn't kill me, but what was not the great stat there is my variability index was 1.06 my average power was only 215 so whilst I got that pretty close to the power that I wanted how I went about getting that power was um, was not optimal you know there was too much easy riding and too much riding a little bit uh, too hard a little bit too hard so it it was especially prevalent in the in the the second it was all over the bloody place actually um so in terms of heart rates though, I was very much in the zone. Um, if people look at my heart rate file, that, it wasn't working very well early on. But in terms of in the second half of the ride where my actually where it was where it was recording correctly, I was sitting at, you know, there or thereabouts about the one thirty mark, which is very sustainable for me. So to be able to handle that and the, the have that heart rate in the heat, I was pretty pleased with that. So it sort of showed that I don't think I was going too hard. Um, I think one area where I really let a lot of time slip was in the easier parts of the course um, and by easier parts I'm, th- I'm talking towards the end of the bike ride our bunch just kept concertinaing up and it was just frustrating the hell out of me and rolling into town there was quite a bit of freewheeling and then 
parts, places like that, you know, I reckon I easily lost a couple of minutes by just sort of sitting in rather than being a little bit more aggressive and just trying to keep an even power output. So through that first, that end part there through town and through the first part through town as well, um, there was a lot more freewheeling that I would have liked and I reckon there was easily two minutes to be gained there. So I guess my message there is make sure you ride the whole course, try not to back off too much in the easier spots. Um, and yeah, I reckon there was easy, easy couple of minutes gained there. So the bike wasn't wasn't perfect, but you know I was still in a position to have a pretty good day um, coming off. And then getting on the run, as I said, it was basically a nutritional issue. I was fine with the pace uh, early on, just um, it was you know I wasn't wouldn't say I was on fire, but I was okay. Um, and once the lights went out, you know of course you know in hindsight, could I have run a bit better? Probably could have, but. When you the, the difference when you're running for a four-hour marathon when you're targeting a three-hour marathon, yeah, it's a different, game, it's a different, it? different yeah. beast. Um, <clears throat> I would have been really. It becomes a pride moment where you think, "Well, I'm going to stick at it," but yeah, you you lose time in that. You know you've lost your goal, mm. and you're kind of just accepting that. And you're also struggling with nutrition, and then there's that moment. Well, come on, at least push through to the end. Yeah, you know? so it's, it's a totally different mindset. If I was battling for a, a three fifteen versus a three ten marathon, that's yeah. the fun part of racing. When that's when you really test yourself mentally. And I just never got there, and I, and I wasn't really. Well, I did get there, I guess. Crunch time was sort of on on Polani, and, and that's when the the wheels sort of really started to fall off. So. Again, you know, looking back at the the results, I still think you know all the expectations that I had um, when I look at the results, going well, I'm, I'm pretty pretty sure I'm capable of that. But it's easy to talk a big game. Um, didn't didn't produce it, and uh, had I run you know a pretty half decent run, um, I probably would have been in that sort of tenth to fifteenth range, given off where I came off the bike. And if I'd had a good 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 bike, you know, I think a fifth through tenth would have been realistic. But again, that's just all talk. Yeah, you got to go and. Go be able to You're all talk, yes, all You're talk. talk. All talk. Um, I think in terms of the mental side of things, probably one thing that I was a bit weak on pre and, and during race week is, I don't know, I just, I just wasn't particularly pumped in race week and in and, and hindsight what I could have you done. You mentioned it. So what do you mean by that? Because um, like, why do you, how did you know that? And were you, was this something you were worried about? Uh, I was a little bit because you know in the weeks preceding you know when I'd be going out for for workouts um, you know, I'd be visualising myself in the moment and just going right let's be strong at this moment and intervals are going well just be strong you got the race blah 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 and uh, thinking about my technique and just going right when I come out of the energy lab I'm going to be strong when I'm swim I'm going to focus on this that and the other thing and it's almost like when I got into Kona I think the environmental change it's the same for everybody I'm not making yeah. excuses but you know you're going from your structured environment at home where you got home, work, blah, 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 and you're all, you know, everything's sort of dialed in. When you get over there, I mean, I was still doing a bit of work, but you're kind of just lazing around. Yeah. And yeah. you're just kind of. So it's like too much time as the enemy. Yeah. So um, could have done better in that regard in terms of maybe just allocating some time each day to maybe go through my race plan or or go through a part of the race that I wanted to focus on that day. So and before I go out for a workout saying, right, yep. this is what I want to really want to achieve out of this workout and this is how it's going to translate to, to race day. So I think I could have been better in that regard. But at the same time, I was also was trying to use that time to be mentally chilled out, but it didn't really work for me and I wasn't overly pumped for race day so you you like to feel a little bit of pressure the week before in a way that makes you be sharp Mm. Um, so yeah that was just an interesting observation for myself whether or not that had a big impact on the race it's such a long race I don't know but it was just um, an observation and then I had just a couple of things that what I would do if I could Um, and I think one of my big issues was I wasn't 
I was reasonably well acclimatized, but I think my in, in terms of the heat, I wasn't feeling the heat too much. But I don't think really my stomach was just used to that quantity of fluids. So I think if if I could have got over there earlier, which realistically never was going to happen, never was going to happen. Um, I, I would be divorced at this stage if, <laughs> if I had gone any earlier. And. Uh, and but I think an extra week there and just some extra sessions um, where you could do some big loading of food. Yeah. You yeah. just can't in in the, in the winter and in, in, in mild climates. You just can't go through that quantity of fluids. No. It's just um, you just end up you end up vomiting it all up, which I did anyway. Well, it doesn't get used. <laughs> uh, so I think an extra week over there or, or in a week in, in a warm climate would have helped my processing of the fluids you know, enormously um, and that could have could have been the difference um, I would love to have had a my ride is still my weakness and I would have loved to have had a second long ride um, each week or at least a medium long ride you know when we used to train we used to tra- train on Tuesdays and maybe on Saturdays or Sundays yeah. and so I only was really getting one long ride per week and I think in terms of my biking ability that would have helped a lot when I look through our age group you know the guys most of the guys that are dominating are very strong on the bike. You know, yep. they're riding between 4.45 and, um, and 4.55. And uh, and even if I had a great ride, I, I think, don't think those numbers on that day would have been possible for me. Um, and then perhaps probably one other thing I would have done is maybe do some lab testing to, to really try to determine um, the quantities of fluids that I should be taking. And then that would have relayed back to what I was talking about earlier and actually having a bit more of a plan around uh, my hydration and how much I was taking in. So, you know, certainly had my plan in place for my nutritional intake in terms of, you know, amount of carbohydrates going in, but didn't really have a plan in terms of uh, the amount of fluids I was taking in, and maybe I was just taking in too much. But I can tell you for one thing for certain, I was pretty bloody dehydrated after that race because uh, because I'd vomited everything up. Um, I had one pee, short pee at the very end of the bike ride, and then... uh, I certainly didn't pee for the rest of the day. It was, I think, it was well into the next day before I really? before I had a pee. So uh-huh. I think I was in a, a fairly badly dehydrated state at the end. Um, so um, that's about it. Your two cents. That was uh, that was Albert's. Two, Albert gave me his two cents, but he was he was really saying that you know it's a big difference between swimming fifty four and fifty six. As I said, it means it's a lot less stressful on the bike ride, and 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 my stress levels were pretty high on the bike ride in yeah. terms of. Well, uh, even as you talk about the race, it's, it was a lot about dealing with the environment that you're in, mm. not dealing with my athletic performance. And and often you say you know when you get the drafting penalty, you, um, you can actually spend that four minutes um, chilling out, getting some nutrition in. That was probably the most highly stressful moment. Of the race for me being in that tent trying to get my bloody name on a list trying to get a stopwatch started I left that t- tent a hell of a lot more stressed than, than what I was uh, beforehand so so it was interesting when you ran past me because I was just like oh here you going and you would just go oh, I've got a drafting penalty and I always I thought to myself <laughs> as I hope that doesn't ruin your race there was, there was, you know, and I, I know you were just telling me, but I was, in my mind I was like, geez, I hope that doesn't become his focus for the run. No, it certainly didn't. That um, I thought I'd just let you know. So you look at yeah. my bike, but going, that was pretty shit. <laughs> oh, I got a bloody drafting penalty. Actually, you know, uh, the bike, um, the second half of the bike, you know, I was got, I'm holding this power. This is okay, and and so I was fairly optimistic going <laughs> into the run. I knew I was a bit off pace, but. Um, you know, wasn't meant to be, and um, time to move on. There will be no Project 24 to 15, I can assure you of that. There will be lots of questions around that, but certainly there won't. Uh, so at this stage, just uh, figuring out what I'm going to do, probably a bit of running over over winter, over summer. And uh, This is the nice just, thing about running is you can do it well without too much time. Mm. You know, it is harder on the body, but... 
I yeah. certainly don't have any burning desire to get back to Kona. I think before I go back there, I'd really want to prove to myself that I you know, can still do a really good Ironman. So I did Ironman New Zealand this year and had a pretty average day, really. It wasn't wasn't great. It wasn't absolutely terrible. You know, yeah. still qualified and what have you. But uh, I want to go, I wanna, A, I want to go and do some other races first. And it's not all about Ironman for me. Uh, I'd just yep. be, I'd, I'd actually like to go do some sprint races and stuff. But I think certainly there'll be uh, an Ironman in a different part of the world before I go back to Kona. Good times. Okay, Good times. our sponsor. Athlinks.com. Right, Bevan. Social networking for endurance got, athletes. I haven't got what I wanted up yet, so just go for a pause yet because I want to find something on here. Okay, you find something on there, I'm going to push pause. And we are back. Right. Athlinks.com, tell me about it. What, what are we going to talk about today? Actually, so Athlinks.com, what you can do on here is you can put your unofficial results up there because obviously if they've had an event that's just happened, I've got to make sure everything's legit and obviously they'll they'll probably be pulling their results off Ironman.com which doesn't even have the finish times on there at the moment, it's got the split times, so what you can do on there, um, go find the event, obviously Kona is listed up there and you can put up what you actually did and a number of people have done that already on Athlinks.com. One person I've got to mention, Jason McFall, uh, he did 10 hours and 12 minutes and 9 seconds, he was uh, DP. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. Met Jason out on the Queen K, kindly gave me a drink of water, a drink of fluid when I was out on a bike ride and I was uh, I was actually just on the side of the road putting something into my phone. Uh, and also, Jason's now an official rock star. He had a big profile done on him on slowtwitch.com oh, as random, random age grouper. Guy's a rock star. So nice work, Jason DP McFall, ten uh, twelve. <laughs> then we had uh, Christoph Christopher Thomas. Yeah, we talked to him. I think I talked to him, and he said he didn't know what DP was either. No, he didn't, and his wife didn't. Yeah, and they looked, and it, they looked up. it up, and they were their minds were ruined forever. Yeah, uh, Christopher Thomas did nine twenty one. John Littlewood, who met him briefly, I think we met him maybe at yeah. the. Uh, yep. Was it at the? The you place thing maybe I yep, think it was. Yep, yep. Uh, he did nine forty six, and he claimed to Zania the stalker Morrison that he was going to kick my ass, and indeed he did kick my ass. Yep, well done. The Philinator went ten oh six. Although so did six hundred seven hundred and thirty one other yep, people. So yep. there's still seven hundred behind me though. That's right. That? It's, uh, David Hall. It. David Hall went ten twelve. Um, uh, Ewan Evan Malone went ten fifty five. Derek Gouldner went fourteen fifty three. Reynold Kalstrom. Not set. Colin Langley went 9.36. Fast speed. Where? Rob Green, who was age grouper a few weeks ago. Solid day, 9.56. Oh, good stuff. Uh, oh, that's a great day. Yeah. Uh, Matt Gervais went 10.09. Dan Cole, 10.15. Mike Carson, 10, uh, 14.27. Larry Black hasn't set his time. Roger Thompson, I think we met, might have met Roger over there, 9.41. Carlo Paul, 9.12. Um, Claire Twalk, 10.12. 25, Tony Hodge, 1448, and she enjoyed her day. Yep. And Michael Lennon didn't put his time in. So, yeah, you can basically go on here, lab, um, get your unofficial results up there before athletes catch up with things and uh, make sure people find out about you, what you did on your day. Good times, athletes.com. You can send it through to your friends' team. Okay, um, Jombo, let me have a look here. Me... Right, so we've got a Legends show coming out. Oh, questions uh, and answers. answers. Yep, John Duke or John Duke. Duke is Legends show coming out. When's it going to come out, Bevan? Sometime this week. <laughs> oh, we've got to get out before the first. What, what day's the first? Well, today's the 28th. Okay, yeah, I'll get out before the first. Yeah. 
I might try to do it today, but I'm just I'm under the pump, John. So, okay. um, but I'll do my best. I'll definitely be out in the next couple of days. But it's a very good interview. He was a bit of a character, wasn't he? He is good. To, good times. Yep. So he was basically John Duke is uh, he, he was editor and owner, part owner of uh, Triathlete Magazine, sort of during the '90s and into the 2000s. Really lifted it to what it uh, what it became, and then it's obviously. You'll find out what happened. It's to a really it good interview because he gives some really good insights into the other side of the of the game, really, didn't mm. he? And he's sort of been involved in the sports management side of things, um, and, and involved in the early coaching and camps of the sport, and uh, hung out with all the the big wigs there in California. So, yeah, well connected dude, and has been incredibly successful and influential in our sport. We got an email from Stephen General Assassin Hawk. Hawk, would you say? Uh, yeah, H-O-R. Yep. yeah. Uh, I know everything is about Kona right now, but I have to correct something you said on about Ironman uh, like Tahoe being cancelled. Uh, what WTC offered? Now we said I think we said just a hundred dollars off a race or so. I can't remember about we got it wrong. He's basically said that what they offered was entry for a couple of 2014 races or Lake Tahoe for a hundred dollars total. Oh, okay. For next year, so this was not discount of a hundred dollars. The other option was fifty percent off. Any other 15, 2015 races, I think it was a pretty decent deal. So I agree. Yeah, great work for sending that through. Yeah, so like to hundred dollar entry fee, that is a pretty good. Yeah, deal. That, that is a pretty good. Well deal. done, WTC. Um, and then Nemo Brack sent through just her friend Pam. Oh, has that one? Okowitz. Okowitz was lucky enough to catch Miranda Caffrey's visor at the finish line in this year's Kona. She got signed and has decided to donate it to a cause close to her heart to help raise money for the charity. Large donations get to her visor. And uh, now I've got a link to it. I can't remember. I, I had it on my we had to change computers this morning so I don't actually have the page in front of me but uh, it's going to some cause and I'll put a link to that in I am talk if you want to get Miranda's uh, visor cool. and uh, also your money will be going to some great charity John, Epic Camp Light. It's all happening. Um, we've only got a couple of spaces left, so if you loved what you heard about in Kona and you want to go and experience it yourself, I'll have the Epic Camp Light Kona Camp going on in uh, end of May next year, which will be incorporating the Honu 70.3 race. Awesome way to see the island, uh, get to see the whole Ironman course, and we're basically are going to circumnavigate the island, pretty similar to what we did last year. Always good times, and uh, if you're keen, check it out on epiccamp.com or pop me an email and we'll fill you in, but I will say there is only a couple of spaces, and the main limiter usually is, yeah, it's not until May, but if you want to come, you've got to get your entry in for the 70.3 because that does sell out um, pretty soon, so... Yeah, get on it if you can. Couple of spaces, and also one other. I'm uh, doing another camp in out of Christchurch in late January. If you're keen to get on that, it's going to be a four-day camp with some big mileage, and we're going to go across to the west coast of New Zealand. So again, if you want to check that out, pop me an email. But it's a nice little four-day camp. Nice, nice. Um, sponsors: CoffeesAway.com. Just get the best coffee in the world. Athletes.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Stay healthy, team. Stay healthy. Okay, Jombo. So, what's your goss? It's been. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. No. So we've been back just over a week. So we had our time afterwards after the race, as we've discussed. Hung out in Kona and a couple of day or a day and a half in Honolulu. That was all good. Shopped the house. Now, what was the highlight? The highlight. The highlight. Crikey, Dick. Pointing one. The, the helicopter ride was cool. Uh, it's not so much a highlight, it's just hanging out with my wife and just Chilling. not doing much. Yeah, there's something cool about that. Isn't Lying it? in bed, just reading and stuff. Yeah. And uh, Such a treat, isn't it? Yeah. And I read a couple of good books. I read that Gone Girl. That was a good book. 
I'm reading that at the moment. Oh, you like it? You like it? Yeah, really. Linda's telling me to persevere. How far into it are you? I was forty percent last night. I'm just. What what don't you like about it? I don't like affairs and Uh stuff. And apparently, I'm I'm coming up to the crunch point, and it's it's supposed to get heaps better from this point on. Oh no, I enjoyed it. No, I'm really struggling with it. Oh, fair enough. But if I you don't like affairs, then there's probably not the book to read. No, <laughs> no. Well, there's like, yeah, I won't give it away. Don't give it away. Um, highlights, those were my highlights. I did some great eating and some great, we had some really good meals. So I've got to give, uh, so yeah, as I said, Tony Bahamas was outstanding. Um, and that is above, it's in the Manalani shops down there. It was, it was outstanding. Cheesecake. They, they have it everywhere because it was in Ma- Ma- Maui as well. Mm. Wouldn't go there, but it was there. Yeah. That was great. Um Cheesecake Factory. Yep. I had low expectations. Was so really did I, good. actually. And it, like the cheesecake, you expected, you know, to deliver. But the meal was brilliant. Mm. I got some chicken tacos or whatever they were, and uh, tortillas, and they were really good. Yeah, and yeah. The, the cheesecakes was great. The girls were just orgasmic almost over <laughs> this ice cream that that you get. It uh, was at the shops in. What's the place we're staying at near the, in the Marriott? It's uh, Waikoloa. And that you basically get ice cream. You choose your ice cream and then you kind of choose all your fillings. And so you that's oh, kind of like one of those yogurt for places. Yeah, so scoop out your couple of scoops of ice creams and then slap it down on like a chopping board. And then you say, right, I want some Mars bars in there. I want some chocolate chips. I want some marshmallows. I want some raspberries. And then they'd munch it all up and then they'd chuck it in your thing. So it How much like, did it cost you about? Oh, it was like seven bucks. Um, they thought it was amazing. I thought it was it was really good, but that was a real highlight for them. They just couldn't, we couldn't hold them back to get them back there. Uh, but yeah, just generally eating and f- eating and drinking a lot, a lot. Did you get drunk at any stage? Uh, no, not excessively. Just consistently. Consistent. Just keeping keep, that shine keep on. Consistent. Keeping the shine on. So that was, um, that was about it. Bevan, your highlights? Uh, so it was kind of a three-part trip for me because we had the, our work mm-hmm. and then Joe and I went to Maui and, jeez, I, I love Maui. It was mm. really great. Uh, we, we, we went snorkeling one day. We went on this boat, on a, you know, one of those experiences and uh, we snorkeled in this really cool spot, snorkeled with some turtles and then like 80 dolphins surrounded our boat mm-hmm. and uh, it was pretty cool. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, so Mel was loved Maui, and then we went to Hollywood, spent a week with Joe's family, kind of came over and we had a week there. Probably one of the funniest parts is it was Joe's dad's 70th, mm-hmm. and so the, the parents shouted us out on one of those night cruises mm-hmm. where you jump on this big catamaran and you have oh, a yeah. meal and they had incentives, and it was actually a, it was a pretty good night. And, uh, uh, they <laughs> so they did it really well because they got everyone dancing mm. and you know you know you kind of mm. think oh they're going to everyone dancing it's going to be pretty crap but everyone actually got up and they they did all the songs you know YMCA and all the songs you know you do and I'm I'm doing all the dancing getting into it <laughs> for some reason the Japanese loved me <laughs> so it was mainly Japanese like yeah. it was Japanese and a few Europeans but it was pretty much the Japanese and they were loving me so much so they were with their cameras on me <laughs> dancing <laughs> I didn't know what to do I mean, they kept YouTube sensation. I don't know. I think maybe, maybe they thought I was an idiot. I wasn't <laughs> really sure, but, but seriously, it wasn't just like taking a photo. They were standing like from this close to you with yeah. the video camera like this for like 15 minutes, and I'm dancing, being real self-aware. So, oh, so that was, that was a bit of a laugh. Um, Massive I'm, Asian. Um, uh, whether it's population or just tourists, and yeah, in Honolulu, it is massive. Yeah, yeah, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, then that probably the second biggest highlight was I bought I bought a cap and I bought a cap which was a bit of a young man's cap. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked pretty kind of young and it was not, not a trucker hat, something different. 
trucker no it was more kind of the, the lids up there a bit oh, more yeah, I, was, I, was, yeah. I was definitely looking 13 again I tell yeah. you and uh, walking down the street and this rap guy comes up and he goes do you want to buy my album and I said oh no, nah, I'm a good mate and uh, he made a comment that basically said I look meaner than 50 cent mm. and I, that, after that I could die Yeah, you know because I look gangster and that, that was pretty cool and then other than that my flight got delayed yeah, you said a pain in the butt so, but no it was a good trip it was a good trip good to be back Although, when you come back, John, what do you got to do? I was actually sweet. I was like sitting there twiddling my thumbs last week going, uh, oh. oh, really? I thought I'd be absolutely having a terrible week, but I actually got on top of everything. I'm nice. landed and I seriously haven't stopped working. I woke up at like five yesterday morning. I've been working nonstop and I probably aren't going to stop working like this and for the next two weeks. So it's going to be, poor me. Poor you, Bevan. You know, go spend three weeks in Hawaii. Yeah. You know, it's hard life. Yeah. But no, it was, it was a good trip. And and um, we've had lots of good feedback about our Kona shows, which is we really appreciate. Um, you know, we try to do good work over there. And when we get that feedback, it's really good to hear. So what's up for this week? What's up for this week? Um... Just hey, but Belinda's really, uh, really wants me to do another Iron Man. Oh, really? That's so supportive of her. You know, I, I <laughs> love that from her. She's really enjoying not because when I was speaking to her, she was just saying how much she loved you doing Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, shut up already. Yeah. Uh, so no, I'm just trying at the moment. I'm just trying to tick over, trying to do some exercise each day, but nothing. You know, just like when we finish this, I'll bike over the hill, turn around, and come back. So yep. just trying to do something every day, trying to restrict my eating as much as I can. That's a funny thing, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Struggling on that front, but our main thing is uh, getting my pool in order, and then our new kitchen is starting oh. to go next week. Ooh, how long does that take? Uh, it's going to be a couple of weeks of challenge. That's what it's going to be. What do you mean? Well, we're getting this thing called a oh, bloody hell. What's the name of it? Corinium, Corinium, Corinium. Yeah. Um, bench top, and so with that they come in and they put on all the. Oh, I'll tell you another. Remind me about trade me. Okay. Um, okay, okay. So you get all your kitchen cabinetry and everything yep. put in, and then they put the, like the top on. But then, that, but, but what they've got to do is this type of. We've gone for this fancy bench top. They have to then remeasure it to make sure it's exactly right, and uh, then they go away and make it because they can't get it wrong. So yeah, so we basically have all the cabinetry in there, but without we won't, a bench without a bench for two weeks. Um, so what are you so, in that situation? Well, we can still use a kitchen, but you just don't have a bench top. So I'll be chopping my vegetables on the floor or on the or on the table next to. Probably want to clean the floor. Yeah. So, uh, so that's going to be good times. So we put our kitchen on trade me. You bought you sell your old kitchen? Oh yeah, we were around at some friends' place a couple of years ago. They were putting a new kitchen, and we were just around there. It was like Saturday Saturday drinks sort of thing, yeah. and the kitchen was up for sale, and uh, and it just started going nut bar. There was a bidding war. On oh, your kitchen or their kitchen? Their kitchen. And we're sitting there drinking away, just hitting the refresh button all the time, and it's just going crazy. And they got you know, hundreds of dollars for their kitchen. Who would buy a second-hand kitchen? And then we were thinking the same thing. We thought, right, put it up for a dollar. That's so what we get, yeah. we, we've, Our kitchen is, um, it's actually an oak kitchen, so it's actually <laughs> oh, worth quite a bit. But it's like, it's pretty old. It's pretty old. And uh, and nobody wants an oak kitchen these days. Yeah. But hey, so I think I've got an oak kitchen. Is it oak? It's not oak. Well, what is um, that? I don't know, veneer? I don't know. Veneer! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, full of shit. <laughs> veneer. Um, so I think uh, the quality of our kitchen's really good. We yep. put it up for a dollar reserve and there's a couple of people watching So, you, so you're thinking, what, 100 bucks be heavy? Uh, Someone uh, take uh, it away. Take it away. Save me the dump fees because yep. it would be a bit of dump fees. Get an email, fixed price. I said, can you put up a, 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 a buy now price, 750 bucks, put it up, boom. Put it 750 bucks. 750 bucks? I was like, yeah, baby. But how do you take a kitchen out without breaking it? Uh, lots of unscrewing and stuff. Yeah. So you're doing that? No. I'm but, helping. I'm the lackey. And the guy's going to help you? Uh, builder. Yeah. Wow. Mm. 
So that's the excitement at our place. That is pretty cool. I love it when you get unexpected money in life. Mm. You know what I mean? When you when you get unexpected money, and it doesn't happen often, but something will happen, you go, wow. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Mm. So that's all good. That's about it. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's about me too. So okay. uh, I'm Russ. Oh, you do that, but don't yeah, you? Yeah, cheap. Sorry. Just get in the program. I, I'm Russ. I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Oh, no, wait a second. There is one other thing. We've got a band name. Oh, great. Yeah. So I'm in Kona. No, I'm in, I'm in Honolulu, John. Yeah. And do you know what they're doing when we're in Honolulu? There's a music show. Probably, but we weren't there. Yeah. But they were recording Hawaii Five-0. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're walking along, and uh, and for some reason I was thinking, because we're walking down the street, and it's a big film cruise. We didn't see the mm. stars or anything, but big film cruise and Porsches and stuff. And I thought, I wonder how much Porsche pays to to be product placement all this kind of stuff and all the rest of it and then I thought marketing people have to really see what's happening tomorrow and I thought I see tomorrow I thought that could be a band name and then I went to the boys we had band practice last night and I said they said oh we're sort of a band name and I said oh so have I and they said what did you, what's yours and I go oh I see tomorrow and they go that's awesome so okay. the band is I see tomorrow Got the, have you got dot .com registered? no actually I might do that before I, before I put today's show out don't steal our domain name <laughs> there we go because we're going to be big Wembley, lock it out now, Jombo. Oh, what is it? Is the big? Oh, it's the O two. Is the O two Arena? That's the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, we've got that booked as well. Sweet. Twenty nights in a row. Cool. Yeah, right. we've done the ending. We've done the anywhere out of here. Okay, see you guys later. <laughs>